that wasn't something that he didn't want to do, but um, <coughs> but when he was born, after he was delivered, I couldn't even, I just couldn't even speak. I was trying to tell Jill that we had, <laughs> that we had a boy. And even though the nurse was like, tell him, tell him. My mouth was moving and words weren't coming out. It was, it's just one, it was just, I don't know, I can't even explain the feeling of just finding out that day that you had a boy or a girl. It would have been the same excitement either way. It's just that surprise is pretty unbelievable. And uh, it's funny the difference between the two of them because Lainey really was picked up on stuff pretty quick. Um, by the time she was Sebastian's age, she was, she knew like 10 colors, a bunch of animals, their sounds, all this kind of stuff. We were really fascinated um, by how quickly she picked up, picked up on stuff like that. And Sebastian knows hi. He says that all the time. And Katie, he says Katie a little bit, but he's not quite as quick as, uh, as she is. And it's, to us, it's adorable because you lose the baby face so quick, but he, like, he still like wants to snuggle into you at night, and he's just like, it's him not saying much and being where she was at. It's like, it feels like that baby phase is lasting just a little bit, a little bit longer, and that's been a lot of fun for us. Um, but, you know, with having kids over the past few years, there's a number of things that I, that I kind of reflect on a good bit um, in regards to the kind of dad that I want to be, and even wondering how much of that is just, in your control. It's like sometimes you just feel like you've kept the person that you are and then, you know, you can think about wanting to do stuff better. But it's tough. It's tough to, uh, whether it's just be patient when you're not feeling patient or whatever that is. Like, but one of the things that's become really apparent to me is, you know, when I get home from work, it's Lainey and Sebastian are both at an age now where they can get excited about it. It's, it's so fun. You know, I walk through the doors and then he screams on the top of her lungs and comes over and gives me a hug. Jill told me the other day that she was she cried the other day while I was at work because oh. she just missed death. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, it can be tough though to, to, to try to interact when you know you've gone for ten years to get home get dinner together, get the kids ready for bed, whatever it is. I feel like you need to stick to some schedule and just kids need to go to bed at a certain time. But with, I remember one day I came home and Lainey asked me to chase her around the living room and I just was like, I, sorry, I can't right now, I'm sorry. And she goes, oh, you're too busy? I feel like I'll remember that forever. <laughs> Just don't. It doesn't seem worth it to to do something else instead of chasing the dog around. And my son, he's now running around too. So they play together. It's so cute watching them play together, grow together. Um, but just putting in that effort and like the so like even like putting it sometimes just putting the kids to bed. So I'm just putting the kids to bed. Because it can be a bit of a process, especially she's potty training, so she holds us hostage to having to pee. <laughs> um, 
we, it's like, you just sometimes are tired, you don't feel like doing it, and then you do, and it's like, you listen to her give you a 20-minute recap for an entire day, and <laughs> one of the things she'll always describe in detail is what her poop looked like that To learn to be patient with them um, when you're not feeling it, or to just. Uh, the other thing that I thought about a lot, even before having kids, is you see people a lot of times say no to their kid and then feel like they need to like stick to their guns. Um, even if they said no to something stupid, I say like, and then he wants to do stuff, and I'm like, no. And it's like I don't, I immediately don't understand why I said no, other than maybe just feeling like you or you're controlling the situation or most of the time I just it, I don't want to feel like I can't hold back on something um, with them because like sometimes they like it causes like a complete it just would be so little I don't just but they saying no to something so little throws an entire evening of chaos and just letting certain things go so I don't know it's a learning process on like where to draw lines and uh, where to to do to 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 double down and stick to what you said. But um, yeah, I just um, but yeah. Uh, but another thing that you know. Me um, over the past few years, I've had some. My family situation has been with my my dad's had some struggles over the years, um, and it's changed my relationship like with him, and it's made me think a lot about my relationship with my kids um, and the struggles that my dad has had were things that I didn't know were part of his life or part of his childhood or whatever. Um, you know, learning a lot about that and dealing with the hardship of that relationship over the years has been really difficult, but at the same time, I don't feel like I've ever known my dad better than I do. And that's, when thinking about raising kids, it's like drawing the line between insulating them from information they don't need, um, but also wanting them to understand you and know who you are, and not be surprised by the fact that you're just a regular person trying to figure out how to get by. I don't want them to be surprised by the fact that I made mistakes throughout my childhood. Um, I don't want to be able to acknowledge them and help them learn from mine. Uh, to see, 
and, and for, like, with those relationships, I think it's kind of changed the way. I, it's not changed the way I said it. It's kind of affected my relationship with, with Scripture and with understanding God too. Because the second you have a child to take care of, uh, it really it's pretty mind blowing to me that like there's nothing they could do. There's nothing. I can't imagine one thing that they could ever do that would change the way that I feel about them. It's weird to see in life between friends whose parents might have excommunicated them just because they turned out the way that they didn't want them to. They didn't, whatever it is, it's, just, it's so insane to me to think about breaking the relationship with a child, your child. So when it comes to the way that I understand God and to see, to have an idea that maybe God sees me through, through the eyes that I see. See my children has offered me a lot of grace in my life, for sure. There just isn't anything in my life that's brought me more joy than being, than being a parent. Um, I understand that my situation is different than some people's. Some kids, some people have kids when they're 18, and they don't know what to do, and they don't have support systems and your families to help them out. But, so I'm, I understand, and I get that not everyone's situation is my situation, but my having those support systems, making decisions to have kids, I mean, there's nothing that's been more, I think, I feel like our culture has a tendency to make now children seem like the worst repercussion for our relationship. Um, and it's all very regimented planned out. Most of the time it happens by accident, it seems, but, or oftentimes, but and it, they're like treated almost like they ruin lives. And it's like, there's done nothing more life-giving to me than having the kids. It's like, on a purpose that, that, the responsibility of parenting gives you is really beautiful. Um, to, to look at, like you just sometimes, Jill and I say this all the time, just look at them, you just look at the kids and you just feel like your heart going to explode inside your chest. And uh, I just, I get to work and I have pictures of them on my desk and they're from six months ago, so every day I get home and I feel like they grew so much because I, and six month old pictures. Um, but I'm like counting down the hours to just be able to get in my car and race home to see them and have Wayne scream and bring me at the door. And Sebastian, Sebastian will start crying if I don't pick him up quick enough. And, and for me, I. And people do, uh, people frequently, I ask, like, oh, what's it like to be that? And I, I can't, it's like trying to explain to them how great it is, and then you see some people's feeling that, like, they're surprised by how much you like it. It's like, it's a little sad sometimes, um, but, but it's beautiful, and it truly is life-giving. And when you get into the same old routines every day, like, 
it changes. It doesn't feel like the same old thing anymore. So that's it. Listening to that dad talk about his kids, is that the God you know? What God have you been brought up with? What God have you been presented with? If you picture God sitting around talking about you, is that how God talks about you? And if not, I want you to know that the Bible says that is what God says. And that's the God you should know. God that has been presented to us that is just waiting for us to step out of line. I don't even know what that God is. But it's not a God that I chose. How could that be? So I hope that's the God you know. And uh, even better. Even better. Now there is someone who's not a dad, but has a dad. And they're going to reflect on that. Which is a lot like all of us reflecting on that. I always think it's funny when I listen to people uh, talk about, well, like when I hear Sam talk about his relationship with his kids, because uh, certain things that he finds really special, like, like, oh yeah, I same thing, obviously, I'm not a dad, but uh, things like waiting for your kids to get home, or on the kid's side, waiting for your dad to get home, that I always think is like just my experience, as opposed to like something that everyone shares. But at the same point, so I was thinking of myself as an individual like that, but at the same point, I'm fascinated by like, ways to understand myself, like personality tests and like life stages and all this sort of stuff. Um, so I remember when I was in college being fascinated by like, you're in the identity versus role confusion stage or those sorts of things. Um, and uh, so I thought a lot about sort of what stage I'm in right now. And uh, I think both me and my brother are sort of in this spot where we're trying to like decode our childhood a little bit. You know, you start to, after you've had a couple years away, then you can start to look at things again in a different light and figure out like, what are the good things or what are the things that you know, sort of need to overcome from that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, overcomes a loaded word. I probably should have been right. But, yeah. um, but it's so funny. And we talk to it with our parents, which I always think would be a really weird thing. Like, it's, it seems so natural, but I always wonder on their side what it's like. Uh, not just in the, like, things we need to overcome, but uh, also just in our selection of stories and things that have been really formative in our lives. Sometimes, you know, like really small things that I always wonder if it's, it's like the reflection equivalent of like getting a kid a really fancy toy for Christmas and they play with the box the whole time. Uh, and that it's things that you don't expect. Because when I was thinking back to old memories that had been really formative for me, uh, I didn't, ne like the first thing that came to mind wasn't that like my dad worked really hard with my uh, grandparents, my aunt and uncle, to plan this big trip to Disney World and all this stuff, which, as much as I really loved that trip and there's great memories of that, I was thinking about all these 
little experiences of, like when I was back in California when I was super young, uh, and my dad would come back from work and he'd always walk in the door, we'd be so excited and go, my name is Sonny Bubba. But another one I remember is we used to live right on the side of this mountain, or at least I remember it as being a huge mountain, but uh, we would bike up there every now and then. And one time we were biking up, and I was on my little bike that had the, the brakes that could pull the, the uh, pedals backwards, so I didn't even have hand brakes and no gears. And uh, so we were going up this hill, and at a certain point, I just couldn't do it anymore. So we turn around and start going back. My brother's like zoomed past like crazy. And so I was going down, like trying to be all cautious. And my dad's a little bit ahead of me. And uh, so he turned around real fast to check up how he was doing. And right then, he must have hit a little rock or a pothole, and he flipped and landed like right on his head slash face. And uh, so he gets up and he starts sort of walking it off, but he's like bleeding and someone like stopped and off the tape of the hospital. And was, but he's like, no, we're fine, we can make it home. And we actually took the long way around the neighborhood to avoid our nurse friend because <laughs> he didn't want him to worry and see him all bloody. And then when my brother opened the door to let him in, he yells out, Mom, Dad broke his face in half. And then I remember all the Super Smash tournaments that we would be doing. And uh, my dad would always play as Mario. And we begged him to switch characters. We would always jump around. And so he chose one day, after lots of begging, he'd switch to Fox. And he has never not been Fox ever. And then fast forward, I remember when we were here, my dad was uh, full-time writing, that he would get us all up in the morning and uh, we were homeschooling, so he would teach us in the morning uh, literature and history and math and geography, a lot of geography. And uh, uh, so he would teach us in the morning uh, and we'd always do like a little devotional kind of thing. And he always very much instilled in us this quote that I can still remember, which is, uh, wherever you are, be all there, lives the hill in every situation, you would speak the will of God. So it's an old Jim Elliot quote. And so that was like our, uh, like our motto as a family for years. Um, so he'd do that in the morning, and then my mom would take over uh, for like science and art in the afternoon. And while my dad would write, we'd do all our dinner things. And then after we all went to bed, my dad would write until, not really uncommonly, until like three or four in the morning then get us up in the morning and have to like get my brother up like three times because he was too tired to wake up. So. <laughs> Throw water on him and stuff. <laughs> uh, and so when I think through all these experiences that I've had, it's all those little moments that I find to be the most important. Uh, it's, to me, those are the moments where it's the, the lived the hill. You know, it's every situation is where you're a dad. So it's, it's a full-time full-time gig, and uh, I think we tend to think of think of it in terms of these big experiences of vacations or like conversations, but so much of it is, you know, the, the checking back while you're biking. And, uh, and so it's funny today to, to think back for who I am in relation to my parents, because 
I can't separate myself out from that. Uh, so much of who I am is because of what my mom and dad did to me when I was growing up. And so many of the, the lessons that I've learned. And since I know that it's not sort of everyone's experience, and we've talked about that, but my experience with my dad has always been uh, one of one that I'm extremely grateful for. And uh, so for me, when I think about Father's Day, what I celebrate today, um, and what I wanted to reflect on is those lessons that I've learned from my dad. And that to me, Father's Day is a time to uh, to learn what it means to love other people dearly. To view every moment that we have as sacred and meaningful. Um, and to pursue passion and calling in our lives zealously and to, in every situation that we're in, to live to the hill um, in every situation we live to the God. Thank you so much, Justice. Sam's already left. Thank him. I just wanted today to be, you know, just even more intimate community and hear from people about Father's and Father's Day and what it means and ultimately, you know, to use that as how we reflect on God, to really understand God as our dad and all that that means for us. You know, we can, we can receive, like we've talked about for the last few weeks, we can receive that God image in us or we can push against that God image. Just like we can receive what our parents put in us or push against it, depending on maybe sometimes we should or shouldn't. But fathers, it's interesting to be one. It's interesting to have one. And uh, it's interesting to be a love child of God for certain. So thanks for sharing. It was good. It was good to be together and celebrate. So